0: Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. This episode is for every human, no matter what stage of life you are in. I invited back onto the podcast my friend and colleague and a fellow licensed marriage and family therapist, and now author, Vienna Farrin. Our last conversation episode, All About Boundaries, is still one of the most popular episodes on this podcast. And she has since become a mom and has since birthed a book, Origins of You, which is coming out this week. And let me tell you, I have already recommended this book to every one of my clients. I'm getting my husband on board. I'm going to talk to my parents about reading it, my siblings, my friends, you, if you are a therapist, you got to read this book too. Oh my gosh. This is, this is one for our times. This is one for everyone. Okay. So what is this book about? This book is about origin wounds. So your origin story, where you came from, experiences that you had when you were young that are, still impacting you today and your relationships and your patterns and your triggers. As Vienna would say, your past doesn't have to define your future, but it can if you leave it untouched. Vienna acknowledges that even people who had great childhoods and families have experienced disappointment, been hurt, or felt pressure to look or be a certain way. And while not everything is experienced as trauma, that doesn't make it any less important for us to explore and heal. Okay, so in the Origins of You book, she talks about five different origin wounds, which we're also going to dive into further in this episode. The five origin wounds discussed in the book are around worthiness, prioritization, belonging, safety, and trust. In this episode, we are talking about these origin wounds as well as how this can show up for us as parents. I was so personally deeply touched by this conversation with Vienna which you'll see as you witness this conversation and my own origin wounds come forward. And I know, I know you're going to leave this episode feeling just as touched and ready to take the next step. Okay, let's get to it. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human, and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Vienna, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the podcast. We've talked here about boundaries before, and I have a feeling we're going to talk about some boundaries again today. (laughs) (laughs) It's always relevant, right? Always Um, relevant. (laughs) But I am so excited to connect with you just because, one, I love you and any moment and any time I get to spend with you is cherished. And two, because you are so wise, and so warm, and uh, and so open, and to have you on the podcast to share that with the listeners is um, is a blessing. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on.
1: That is a lovely introduction. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate you. Love you as well. And so excited to be here and chat about this book.
0: Yeah, I think that the last time you came on, you were not a parent yet, and. Now you are, and mm-hmm. you not just birthed a human child, but you also birthed a book into the world, and I am so excited to talk today about the book and about your transition to becoming a parent and how all these things are mm-hmm. connected and related, but before we before we fully dive in, can you introduce yourself to the listener?
1: Sure. I am Vienna Farron. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in New York and now the author of a book. Somebody said that to me. They're like, you're an author. I was like, no. They're like, no, no, you're an author. I'm like, I don't think so. (laughs) No, no, you wrote a book. This is a thing now. I'm like, oh my goodness, what an interesting new identity. And it's like, yeah, I guess so. I'm an author of the book, The Origins of You how breaking family patterns can liberate the way we live and love. Uh, and yeah, my work is all about understanding the family systems that we grew up in. Our families are our first education for just about everything. Obviously, there are other influences that come into play at different points, but our family systems are where we learn about communication, conflict, boundaries, loving other people, how to be loved, you know, every possible last thing mm-hmm. in so exploring the frameworks, the foundation, these templates is so important. And really what I get into in the book is really understanding the origin stories, right? The first time that we experienced painful things, right? Emotional wounds and how when we don't resolve those wounds, when we don't spend time with those wounds, how those wounds wind up running our lives in our adult relationships. And so, yeah, anybody who has unwanted patterns in your adult life right now that you can't shake. That conflict you keep getting into with a parent or a partner, the fact that you keep dating emotionally unavailable people, uh, being chronically unhappy at every job, right? When you can't shake that
0: stuff, the fact that it. your children might trigger you. You're just like, <laughs> Wait a second, like I, like you are this like walking, talking like emotion mm-hmm. that I learned to shut down in myself and. What the heck? I don't know how to validate that in you and I can't even validate that in myself.
1: <laughs> like, are y- you speaking for a friend
0: right now? or
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh-huh. this, is, this is a very intimate experience. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like this
1: anonymous person just called <laughs> <Yeah>. in to <laughs> offer their uh, Q&A question here. So uh, yeah, right. yeah, right. It's like, uh-oh, yeah. here are our children holding yeah. up these mirrors, activating something. Within us that needs our tending to. Right? If you're a parent, obviously you've had an experience, probably multiple experiences like that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. It's probably the reason I love working with parents the most is that family life stage of bringing a new person into the family system. Has and because of all and all the elements that come with it, right? Like the Mm -hmm. (laughs) unfortunate, like the the things that we struggle with, the sleep deprivation, it just there's so much in it that just forces some of the armor or protections or control that we have maybe in some way, shape, or form been able to maintain um, before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) before it becoming a parent tears it apart. (laughs) But (laughs) it's such a vulnerable experience that I think that there's as hard as it can be and as, as painful as it can be for, for so many, um, there's a vulnerability and, in, and, and in that vulnerability, I think an opportunity to access some of these origin wounds. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear a little bit from you, um, in your own personal story in mm-hmm. becoming a parent. What did, what came forward for you, Vienna? What did you notice?
1: mm Well, we had a baby. (laughs) We had a baby. We started there. Um, And then my husband and I- I still remember
0: your virtual baby shower, actually, because it was in the midst of COVID. And I'm so glad it was virtual because otherwise you're in New York. I don't know if I would have been able to attend. I was able to attend virtually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And both my husband and I decided to write books simultaneously, (laughs) postpartum. We- continually say that that was not highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he started writing a little bit before I did. And then I was about five months, mu- five months postpartum and I started mm-hmm. writing and, uh, I mean, becoming a parent and even outside of the writing process and where that intersects with it, this, and I, I say this now to pretty much everyone. I think the process of becoming a parent is the practice of releasing control. I don't know how you get out of that work, but that seems to be the work that's needed. And there was something really profound about trusting in the intelligence of others, or at least trusting in the choosing Mm -hmm. uh, that others are allowed to do for themselves. So there was a moment uh, prior to Code being born where it was pretty revealed to me that I was trying to control a lot of things in my life.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you from Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every morning, first thing. Let me give you a little background here. When I am pregnant, I am so good all of a sudden at taking my vitamins and my supplements. Why is it that when there's another little being to take care of, all of a sudden I'm able to prioritize that care for my own body too? I was looking for something that would help with my gut health and provide increased energy, maybe some immune system support, and also how to be convenient. What I really love about AG1 is it just takes one scoop in a glass of water. It encourages me to drink water first thing in the morning and stir something just for me. If you are looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash holding space. That's athleticgreens.com slash holding space. Check it out at the link in bio.
1: Um, our dog got sick Uh mm maybe six weeks before code was supposed to be born yeah. so my my golden retriever um, Bronx sweet bee um, I had Bronx for about 12 years and you know his cancer came out of nowhere and then it was a really yeah. Quick uh, demise. He made it through um, to meeting code, which was lovely. But you know, the, here was this massive shift in my life uh, where I was like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not ready for you to go, and I don't want you to." And then code was um, transverse uh, as well, so cross uh, across my body not head down. He's doing all this, you know, spinning baby stuff and, yeah. you know, try, trying to get him into position and he just wouldn't. And then there were these other little things like me trying to control my dad. My dad is uh, turning 85 this year mm-hmm. and he still uses paper maps to get to places mm-hmm. and uh, he always gets lost. And I'm like, Dad, it, and he has a GPS in his car, you know, just all the things. I'm like, Why? Just like you put the address in the car and you will get to our home in an hour and 25 minutes if you just do it that way instead of three hours because you've spent your time getting lost for whatever, whatever. And so we can like, we chuckle about that, right? Like, just do this. Come on, right? right. And there were just so many examples of me needing to take the step back and stop trying to choose for Mm -hmm. the path for other people. And so what that looked like with my dog was like, we decided not to do any surgeries at that point. And it, you know, we understood that he was coming to the completion of his life and we didn't need to be in resistance to it. That was our journey. That's where we needed to be with it. And it was the most beautiful and profound ending I've ever been a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, changed me on a cellular level to be a part of that ending. But there was such a gift in that because it was a request to release control in order to be deeply present to what was playing out there with code. You know, it was, there was a need to trust in his intelligence of what was going on internally that I couldn't see that I didn't know. Um, and mm-hmm. there can be a lot of beliefs and thoughts about the navigation of things. He had uh, a cord was wrapped around his neck a couple of times. And so he was struggling to, you know, move and shift and find a way out. And uh, what I, you know, I wanted to have a vaginal non-medicated birth. That mm-hmm. was my hope. Uh, it did not go that way. And it was so important, again, for me to just co-collaborate with this being. Mm-hmm right? Of like trusting that you can see something that you can also guide this, that I don't need to be the all knowing individual in this space. And I think with my dad, for example, it was also just like surrendering to you're allowed to choose Mm. period, right? If that's the path that you want to take, if that means that you get lost, if like whatever it is, if it means that you're late, all of it, like I'm not going to constantly be in resistance Mm. of this and trying to control this. And I think that becoming a parent put me face to face with a lot of those pieces. Mm. It's a, such a gift because there, it was an invitation into just releasing mm. control. And you know, it's a gift that keeps on giving. I'm not suggesting that I am that I live without trying to control anything in my life, <laughs> but what a what a nice reminder and mm. what a nice offering to shed light on that area in that beginning stage obviously it continues there's so many gifts I mean code has given me so much already in the first almost 23 months now mm. um so I could go on and on and on but that was probably the first gift that I received from him and everybody around me too
0: mm. Control, control. I don't know anything about that, Vienna. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, no, actually, I do. <laughs> um, and yeah, becoming a parent was from from the from the get-go, like mm-hmm. the fertility journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I want to become a parent now, and now. I'm going to control this situation so that it happens in the timeline and in the way that I need it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and oof, the the joy that it sucked out of the experience and the ways in which um, different different wounds for me that at the mm-hmm. time I wasn't aware were 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 activated in there, but I can reflect on were around belonging and around um safety and trust that Mm -hmm. just were from the get-go and then and then when we you know when we did get pregnant and then the pregnancy and then the birth experience Mm -hmm. how much of that and underneath right was a lot of anxiety um a lot of um uh, big people pleasing tendencies, mm-hmm. like looking to others for, um, am I, am I enough? Am I, am I okay? Um, am I lovable? Mm-hmm. And it just, there were so many intense experiences in not even before, before my, before Riley, my first was even born <laughs> that mm-hmm. were activated. And then, And then throughout that first year, and then and now she's eleven, and we got two others, and like I'm still consistently learning and growing, (laughs) and bringing these wounds along with me, um, Mm -hmm. but with awareness. Mm -hmm. And so, let's talk a little bit about this. In the book, you talk about five origin wounds. Mm -hmm. Can you name these for us and help us better understand? I guess I guess we've got to back up for a little bit. Like, what is an origin wound, and what are these five that you've identified in the book? And yeah. then let's explore how this can show up in in parenting in that season. Yeah.
1: Sure. So, an origin wound is the first time something painful happens in our lives that puts into question whether or not we are worthy, deserving, good enough, whether we belong, whether we are important, whether it's okay to trust, or whether or not we believe that we are safe, secure in the world, whether people have care and concern and respect um, and the ability to honor Mm -hmm. our well-being. Right. So I talk about Five core origin wounds: the worthiness wound, the belonging wound, prioritization wound, trust wound, and safety wound. Mm-hmm. And we've had a number of people with you know early copies now um, r- read the book, and they're like, "Is it possible to have
0: all five wounds?" <laughs> As you were saying, I was like, "Ooh, check, check, uh-huh. check, check, <laughs> check, 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 check." Right,
1: so like, yeah, right. So this is like we are on this exploratory process right of like okay what wounds resonate Mm -hmm. um what wounds might not resonate but might they be the wounds that a partner carries or a best friend Mm -hmm. carries or a parent carries right that's the beauty of this book is like i wrote it because i want you to read it as the adult child today but you're also going to read it as a partner as a parent Mm -hmm as a adult child too, as a friend, as a sibling, right? And so this perspective of, right, ah, it's not just me who has wounds, right? Everybody else around me does too. And the more that we understand and connect and acknowledge these wounds, the more that we're going to be able to move through Mm -hmm. conflict and communication and boundary setting and respect and all of those things so differently. It's going to be the thing that helps us change our patterns and create the life and relationships that we dream of and want and desire, but we must go back first. And when we go back, when we go back, it's not like let's hang out there forever and let's throw our parents under the bus or let's bash people. I want to be so clear about this. This is an exploration that says, okay, We hold the human experience in one hand, grace and compassion for the Mm. fact that people have a complex, rich story that maybe we know some things about, but also probably know very little about, right? And then on the other hand is the ownership, the acknowledgement, right? Right that piece of like ah, no but there's still a responsibility there mm. context is important it serves beautiful beautiful stuff but context is not an excuse to have us avoid naming and honoring Oof. the pain that's there right so we need to hold both that's the beauty of this work towards the end of the book i mentioned Um, an exercise that Michael Kerr offers, he's a psychotherapist and he says, think of your mother as your grandmother's daughter and get to know her that way and i Ooh. love that exercise because we're reminded that we were all tiny humans at one point growing up in these family systems having mm. wounds having pain and some of us were able to integrate some of that and you know shift and and take control of our lives and sometimes that stuff comes along with us and yeah gets passed down generationally mm. and that's why we're here having this conversation but when we can hold that kind of grace and compassion, kindness for others. That's going to help us move through this without it being the excuse maker. Okay. So Mm. the first one, worthiness. So (laughs) when I was writing this book, I was like, I am pretty certain that we all rub up against a worthiness wound at some point in our lives, right? Am I good enough? Am I deserving of this, et cetera, et cetera. So what does that look like in our childhoods? So if you were a people pleaser, a perfectionist, a performer, the person who needed to get straight A's and do really well on the athletic field, right? Like, and you learned that, you know, you're like cover, 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 check, 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 right? And you learned that in doing that It got you love, connection, presence, attention, validation, or it's what created a sense of calm in your family, right? Then you started to realize that there were conditions to your worth, right? Ah,
0: Ah. (laughs) yeah, Uh uh-huh,
1: yeah, right? And like that's, so that's how it can originate, right? Is like, Mm -hmm. who did I need to be? How did I need to show up in the mm-hmm. world in order to try to protect, manage the system, protect myself, mm-hmm. manage myself, right? And we can think about all the ways that comes along with us into our adult lives, our relationships. Are we still the pleaser? Are we still performing? Are we still trying to keep the peace and flying under the radar because mm-hmm. that's the only way that we can be chosen, right? So it's an important inquiry. I will I can share a quick story about myself. I So my parents uh, went through a divorce process starting when I was in first grade. The divorce process took nine years. It was the longest uh, at the time in the state of New Jersey. Really conflict-heavy, chaotic, lots of, lots of psychological abuse, manipulation, paranoia, emotional flooding. It was a lot. It was a lot to be around as a only child. I'm an only child. It's a tiny little human going through all of this on her own because the Mm -hmm. adults were crashing and burning around me. And I took on the role of becoming this needless little girl flying under the radar. Didn't want to add any more stress to the system. I thought it would break them. Um, they were already, but I was mm-hmm. like, I can't do any more. So I'm gonna just not need anything. I'm gonna be over here. I'm unaffected by what's going on. I'm totally fine, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. just get good at everything so that I don't add any stress. Okay. Fast forward. And I am also a needless woman who pretends like she's fine with everything, unaffected by things, has no boundaries, yada, yada, yada. And it's interesting because there's a big breakthrough that happens in my late 20s in a relationship that's very specific to this. But the point that I want to make is that um, my father growing up was, there were there were conditions for his love, his presence, his support, his help. So when I was, quote unquote, well-behaved, he was super engaged, super helpful, could go to the grocery store and pick things up for me. And you know, <laughs> when you grow up with divorced parents and you're spending time with your, your father and you're a teenager, you got to send them for tampons tampon sometimes, right? We'd go get my tampons and all the things, right? It's like, yeah. thanks, dad. But when I was not behaving the way that he wanted me to. Right. If I challenged him, Mm -hmm. if we were in conflict, he would withhold from me. And that what that looked like was by giving me the silent treatment. And Mm -hmm. sometimes silent treatment would go on for days and sometimes it would go on for weeks. And so it was something that continued to condition that if you are needless, If you fly under the radar, if you do keep the peace, if you present the way that other people want you to, then love and connection and validation and help and support, right? All of those things are there, Mm -hmm. but the moment that you don't, right, it's taken from you. So that really did play into the way that I showed up in my adult relationships. I had never broken up with a boyfriend until this moment in my late 20s where uh, the guy was dating, his ex came back into the picture, wanted to be with him. He was trying to decide whether or not he wanted to go back with her or stay in the relationship with me. I was, no problem. I totally understand. Take all the time in the world that you need. Yes, if you need to talk to her, spend time with her. I'm so unaffected by it, right? It's totally fine. And then it clicked for me, right? Like I'm having this conversation with a friend of mine, and I see it like, Oh my gosh, the role that I took on as a little girl, it's the same role that I'm in as an adult right now. And I am pretending like I'm unaffected when I'm deeply affected. I'm pretending like I'm okay and totally cool with this when I feel totally disrespected. But I couldn't, it had been so conditioned in me that I'm fine. I'm needless. I fly under the radar. Don't disrupt anything because then people will leave and exit Mm. and disconnect Mm -hmm. from you. Oof, was that a big oof moment for me, right? And so, you know, there was a big pivot that took place. I stepped towards, said that I am affected, that this isn't okay, that I'm not fine, and that I was exiting the relationship. And it was one of the most profound moments in my life, uh, really life-changing, truly, that I was able to, for the first time, say I wasn't fine when I wasn't yeah. fine you know and sometimes it's like those small little movements right that are really mm-hmm. these massive pivots in our lives but i i share that because i think it's so important when we're talking about the the patterns in our adult lives like what's unwanted right now because when we try to try to change it like well just say that you're affected. Well, that's really hard when there's an origin wound that hasn't been tended to or like just break up with someone then. You know, it's like, but you can't, right? It's like, well, we know better. Right? You might be able to give the advice to everyone else, but when you struggle to take it for yourself, right, that's a really good indicator that there is an origin wound needs mm. our attention. So that's the worthiness wound.
0: Yeah, and I just, I think, you know, I'm thinking about the listener who, you know, they, they're they a parent and and- they maybe didn't have that that moment, you know, in their in their twenties and they're dating, but they can reflect now and be like, "Oof, yeah, I can see how these things showed up there." But I'm thinking about the worthiness wound, and I'm thinking about how as, when you be, when we become a parent, right, and the gaze that our child, the ref, like, okay, let me back up here. There's there's a there's a period of time when a, a newborn or a baby, there's something in their eyes that is. Like it reflects back. Like mm-hmm. there's a there's a little season where like when you look in your child's eyes, you can actually see yourself in their eyes. Like actually, like like there's like I don't know. There's a little like film over their eye or something like before they <laughs> develop, and like you can actually see yourself in their eyes. And and even if and even if you adopted a child later on, you know later on in their development, and you didn't get that moment or you don't re- remember it whatever like you still know that when your child mm-hmm. looks at you there's a gaze that happens right mm-hmm. where you're like wow you i am your world mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. i am magic to you i am everything to you there is this love that in this this like need for a connection that your child has and you can mm-hmm. see that reflected but if there's that worthiness wound It's like, well, shit, in order for me to deserve that, right, to be worthy of that gaze and to be loved by you and to be seen by you in this way, well, shit, I need to earn it, right? Um, And that can show up. You mentioned a few things that I deeply resonated with that can show up with perfectionism, with people pleasing, right? With like, I need to get straight A's in this job Mm -hmm. here, this in order for me to earn what seems to be so freely given to me Mm -hmm. by, by this, by this child. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can show up in, that can can show up, that can, how that can translate, right? Is, um, you know, not asking for help sometimes because it's like in order for me to earn this, there can sometimes be the like imposter syndrome. It it needs to come from only I did it, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no support that I asked for in order to be worthy Um, or feeling like when it comes to caring for ourselves, like, well, actually deep down I'm not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can – the idea of just like giving myself compassion or taking care of my needs feels like – impossible. I don't know. What What are your thoughts on, on some of those, those Ooh, connections?
1: I love that you're flipping it. I love the reflection point of who do I need to be as a parent in order to receive the love that you're giving me that is so unconditional in this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's why, you know, what so many parents say, what do I need to do in order to make sure that I don't screw up my children? Yeah. and like we know right obviously it, there's no perfect environment there are no perfect circumstances like we're going to get things wrong we're going to say the wrong thing we're going to do the wrong thing all the stuff right but what i what i say to parents is that the more the commitment that you have to resolving that which is unresolved is the greatest gift that you can give Mm -hmm. your children. Because even what you're describing, Cass, in this moment with like the parent being able to receive that adoration, right, that love from their baby is, okay, I can only accept this if I'm perfect. I can only accept this if I am performing so well as a parent. And what happens is unconsciously what then we wind up rejecting it. Mm right? We wind up actually pushing it away, right? And that is so felt in that relational system, right? Mm. And so to resolve an origin worthy witness wound is not just about, oh, I'm going to be able to make my child feel worthy of my love, right? (laughs) It's like that child being able to say eventually, right? That like, Mm. oh, my parent was able to receive the love that I had that I didn't feel Mm. rejected in that space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Oof. Prioritization. Okay. Oof. I mentioned this. Yeah. And the, the, these are all also intertwined and connected in their own mm-hmm. ways, right? Like totally. they relate to each other, right? Because as you're talking about worthiness, I'm now, I, I find myself thinking about prioritization and belonging mm-hmm. in like its own ways. So mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about this one.
1: Yeah. So the prioritization wound is when you didn't feel important enough growing up. So a lot of times this will show up when we have a parent who's a workaholic or maybe Mm -hmm. there was addiction in the family or a mental health challenge that's taking up a lot of space, right? It can also look like, you know, parents who are fighting all of the time. And so the conflict is actually the priority as opposed to the child. Um, But I also like to give the example because Sometimes we think about wounds and we're like, oh my goodness, they're all these like malintended moments, this negligence, this abuse, this it's got to come from this bad place. And sometimes wounds get developed and created even when parents are doing their absolute best, right? Even when they're so well-intended. I write about a client in the book, Andre, who loved his mom, had so much respect for her. She's a single mom. She's mm-hmm. working two jobs every single day. They would go to church, though, on Sundays and have brunch afterwards before she'd go to her shift. And he was so good at rationalizing, right? That like her working these double shifts every day was her way of prioritizing him. But when he was able to move the rationalizing aside, he was able to still connect to that he he wanted more time with his mom. Yeah. the end of the day, even though he could make sense of it, right? Intellectually, Mm -hmm. he still craved to be the priority in her life through Mm. time spent together. And I think that that example is so important because when we take on the narrative of, you know, my parents did the best that they could, or, you know, they they were prioritizing. uh, We made all these sacrifices, right? right? Exactly. And so many parents do, of course, and that's why I said at the beginning, we're not here throwing anybody under the bus. We can totally understand the story, but the story can't be the thing that erases if you have, Pain, right? And so pain can still exist even when people are doing their absolute best, right? And so that's, you know, there's again endless ways that wounds can be created. Those are some of the ways, like what's taking up more space. Maybe a sibling who has an illness, for example. And so all of the focus is on the sibling's illness, and you're just kind of moving through life and figuring things out on your own. And the parents don't realize that you need more attention and more prioritization. So it's like really thinking, did I feel like I was an important person in this system? Why or why not? And to be clear, this isn't about like that i was prioritized over everything in every moment right like there's of course we are parents have things that they have to do it's more about the repetition of something that creates that wound yeah
0: mm. i'm thinking about um my partner right now and and this mm. is definitely a wound that that he that he bears and mm. it's it's interesting how him and i were just having a conversation yesterday actually mm. Um, about the part of him that sometimes believes that he, without without these wounds and mm-hmm. without that voice, it shows up for him this part that he wouldn't have the drive that he does, or he wouldn't have um, a- almost like the empathy that he does for the pe- mm-hmm. for people around him too, right and and that was a really interesting conversation for him and I to have yesterday. Um, and I'm curious your thoughts on this and how that shows up for people mm-hmm. where there's almost like a, oof, but I, I need this, this this part of me, right? Like mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. lessons that I learned or this drive that I have or
1: mm-hmm. this
0: focus that I have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or this empathy that I have, right? Like I don't, what if I heal these wounds, do I lose these parts of myself?
1: Yeah. You, you don't lose the parts mm-hmm. of yourself. Um, our gifts often do birth out of our wounds. You know, it's like so many people will say, yeah, it was a terrible story and terrible thing to go through, but I wouldn't be who I am without right. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Valid, true point. Um There's a switch in our adult lives, right? To be motivated by the wound versus to Mm -hmm. be motivated by the healing you know our mm-hmm. gifts absolutely can develop i'm i'm right along with your with your husband i think i'm an exceptional therapist and able to track everything that's going on in a room mm-hmm. because i had a father who was really manipulative when i was a kid and i needed mm-hmm. to really pay close attention to everything that he said so that i wouldn't be manipulated you know it's like so yeah right like there's my gift it came from this place but we don't want to romanticize gifts driven from or birthed mm-hmm. from trauma and i think mm-hmm. that there's there's a shift where i no longer have my gifts be as the adult now mm-hmm. my gifts can still be chosen and can still exist mm-hmm. while i am motivated by my healing Mm -hmm. that it's not because of the pain that I'm this way anymore. It put it there in the Mm -hmm. first place, certainly, but I can step into a different way of existing where the pain is not driving my love for this work Mm -hmm. or my desire to be a great therapist, right? And Mm -hmm. that's an important shift that like and you're right. People have the fear that if we go into the pain, that somehow that's going to soften or weaken who we are and how we show up in the world. And that is not the case. Mm. That's
0: not the case. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Your edge doesn't go. I work with a lot of athletes. And it's An a common—that's
0: a word that yeah, oof. yeah,
1: yeah that right. That edge doesn't go. I was saying I work with a lot of athletes who worry that will I lose my edge if I go back mm-hmm. there? And no, I've never met someone who yeah. lost their edge just because they started to address their pain. You can still be driven just from a different place.
0: Right. I think that there's in I've I've seen and witnessed in my in my partner's own work like how. There's a different voice, right? Like the, right. the the benchmark, right? Of like what he might be working towards might actually be the same, mm-hmm. right? But the voice the voice within or behind, however he externalizes or experiences it, that voice is different, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas one voice is um, pretty harsh and mm-hmm. um, critical and also um, pretty paranoid and um, you know un- not not untrusting right of mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. others for instance is is very different from the this other the more the healed voice right mm-hmm. that is is actually um, he's he's maybe may moving towards the same benchmark mm-hmm. but rather than the, the process of it is so different right the experience of it right the um the health of his body actually the physical health of his body as he's navigating it mm-hmm. the um the the burnout is different too right, right. like of working right. towards this this goal and 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 then sometimes the benchmark does shift because you actually rec- mm-hmm. he begins to recognize well there's actually these other things that I value mm-hmm. that were important to me that I didn't notice before mm mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And so I'm still working towards this direction, but in a way that feels like I'm, I'm actually living my life presently now Mm -hmm. and I'll, a whole lot kinder to myself right. and <laughs> with well, yeah. others in the process.
1: It, it, it's yeah. so well said, right? It's like certainly the benchmark can shift, but also like we can get to outcomes in very different ways. That's right. why you have different types of coaches. You know, if you've ever seen the coach who's mm. like losing their head, throwing right. stuff, dying, <laughs> like screaming in the faces of their athletes versus somebody else who's coming from a very different angle mm. where there's a bit of respect, kindness, etc. Now, both of those teams can win. It just yeah. about who, what the motivation is. And so I think that's a great analogy wow. there. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So I'm looking at our time and okay. you've got three, you've got three other wounds, but I want people to buy the book <laughs> because like, <laughs> I, mean, I think at this point, like I'm sold, they're sold, like we're all sold. Like, <laughs> So just, just give us a quick synopsis of the other three that then you sure. obviously dive so much deeper, you know, deeper in within the book.
1: Of course. Yeah. So the uh, second wound, um, I know we've gone over worthiness and prioritization, which are the first and the third in the book. So when I say second, I'm just going by the chapter. Um, So the belonging wound, a lot of times we grow up in family systems where families are like, this is how we do things in this family, right? This is what we believe. This is how we operate, right? This is what we think. And there can be this pressure to Mm into to adapt that way and listen sometimes some of that stuff is amazing right the traditions that we do on holidays the things that we do that like make us feel like we are a family that's beautiful stuff but there's also stuff that requires kids to trade their authenticity Mm. Dr. Gabor Mate talks about how you know authenticity and attachment are you know our two lifelines but when a child has attachment threatened they'll 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 trade in authenticity every Mm. single time because that's required in order to survive. And so in order to be a part of you, I will change who I am. Mm. So we want to just explore that. Um, how did you shape shift? who did you need to be? Right. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like, it's very particular to be, to, to fit in to, you know, belonging is really an internal process, but when we're kiddos, it's all about fitting in, being accepted, being liked. Right. And so like, what do I need to do? What do I need to believe? How do I need to present with you in order to fit into this family and not be an outsider? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we've got the trust wound, which is when there's a betrayal, a deceit, lies, maybe family secrets um, that you either experienced – Or you observed. So it might be, you know, uh, an infidelity that happened between your parents, um, or it might be the way that you saw someone take advantage of an older sibling. Parent took out a credit card in their name or, you know, dipped into a... like an education fund in order to gamble the money way or, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. where there's just a betrayal and listen, smaller stuff too. a parent's promising something over and over again right. and not following through on their promise. Right. Mm-hmm. So to, and then you start to go through life feeling very, um, yeah distrusting of others and mm. you know maybe you're someone who has to look through text messages or emails or dms or you're mm. always waiting for the other shoe to drop um and just like waiting to be betrayed or expecting that to happen mm. And then the last one, the safety wound, um, yeah, this is a really tender chapter that requires a lot of you know, self-care as we move through it, but you can't talk about a safety origin wound without talking about abuse, right? And so yeah. the safety origin wound is uh, often happens when there is some type of emotional, physical, sexual abuse, when there's negligence, when there's recklessness with you, when there's just a lack of care and concern for your overall well-being right, as a Mm -hmm. child. And so, yeah, just existing in the world, feeling like you are not safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Oof. 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 (laughs) You and I with the oofs. There's so many oofs. (laughs) So many oofs. But we love an oof. We love an oof. oof. The oof moments are – the oof moments have been my most, like, honestly, my most profound healing experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything from – a loss, like oof, to you know, uh, a moment where I scream at my child, mm-hmm. oof, right? Mm-hmm. To um, to earlier on in this episode, the listener couldn't yeah. see, but I was I was tearing up when you were talking about. Um, uh, the perfectionism, people pleasing and mm-hmm. um, the worthiness wound. And that was, that's an oof. It's all oofs. Mm-hmm. It's good oofs. And I think oof is a place where we begin to recognize there's something here, something mm-hmm. to look at. And, yeah. um, and your book, your book is full of it. <laughs> full of oops. Oh man. Yana, um, where can folks connect with you, learn more from you, Mm -hmm. buy your book.
1: Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me at mindful MFT. Um, You can buy my book anywhere that books are sold, which is so crazy to say. <laughs> um, and yeah, I can't wait for everyone to get it in their hands or their ears and to, you know, begin to work through this. And then you can also find me at Um, You know, there's so much that we have to turn back to and identify and recognize, but it's also not just about connecting the dots. You know, this is about finding a path forward and there's a four-step origin healing process that I have in the book that helps us start to see how it all shows up in our current day behaviors and how we can begin to make those changes through better communication, navigating conflict differently, how we manage boundaries in our lives. And so, yeah, there is a way forward here too, not mm. just a connecting of the dots of like, oh, this makes sense why I do this today. And maybe I'll leave your listeners with one of the most important questions that a therapist ever asked me, mm. which was, what did you want or crave for most as a child and not get? And mm. you know, to reflect because that answer, if you're willing and allow yourself to go there, will point you, will begin to point you to where your wounds are. And so, yeah, uh, lots of gentleness on this exploration, but I'm excited to have peop- more people jump into mm-hmm. the work.
0: This is one for everyone. Thank you so much, Vienna. I'll be sure to share all the links in the show notes. so The listener can go straight there and get this book order it today have it delivered in a few days you do audiobook too i imagine and so listen to it um while they're driving or doing doing life thank you so much vienna thank you i hope you enjoyed that episode if you did you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned in to this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me, for sure, but also... For you. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time.